There's a viral video out there, which I'm sure many of you have seen, in where a guy is taking a girl out for their first date. He takes her to the Cheesecake Factory, and she is not happy about the Cheesecake Factory. And in fact, she refuses to get out of the car. She goes on to record him and deride him for his choice of the Cheesecake Factory as a place to go for a first date. The video has gone viral. It's been commented on into oblivion. But we're going to talk about the video from a different perspective. We're going to talk about the video from the perspective of Think Before You Sleep. That's a YouTube channel in which he explores the notion of TikTok turning women narcissistic. And he uses that particular viral video as a platform for his argument. Then we're going to discuss a video based off of an article on YouTube where a woman is expressing her concern for why so many men are dropping out of dating. This is going to kind of tie in to the first segment. And then we're going to finish off the episode with a totally different subject, but a fun and interesting one. And it coincides with something that we've talked about before. Bent Key Productions, that's the child programming arm of the Daily Wire. They're putting out a Snow White movie, and that movie is set to compete with Disney's Snow White movie. And because of that, it's getting so much attention and so much notoriety that a film critic that we rock with, The Critical Drinker, had a sit-down interview with Ben Shapiro, who's one of the top guys over at The Daily Wire, and talks movies and movie culture and Hollywood. And it made for a very interesting interview with some very interesting insight. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging With Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? I'm K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging With Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times. So be advised. Going over to our website. That's hangingwithapes.com. You sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop. Go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify. Give us a five star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about here on the show, the wide variety of subjects that we talk about here on the show, please share the episode with them. Um, you know, it's crazy. I, I've been, and and I guess like to, to an extent, I've always been into this and... Uh, it's always been something that we've been interested in, but I noticed that every time we talk about movies, I get a lot of feedback, whether like it's on Twitter or like people that I know personally that, that listen to the show, like they'll reach out and I feel like, I mean, I don't know if we have the time to do it now, but I feel like there's definitely space in the film critiquing world 
for guys like us, the way that we break down movies. And if you notice, what we've been talking, I guess because there's been a lot of media news, but with the 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 media medium of filmmaking, but we've been talking about it a lot lately. Like in the episode last week, I talked about Police State. I talked about Sean Chandler's classic horror movie breakdown. Yeah. Prior to that, we talked about the, the teaser trailer for Snow Wright, which we're gonna touch on that again today. Uh, and in the past. Plenty of times we've talked about movies. We've done movie reviews. It's not something that we do regularly, but we've we've done it, and I don't know. People seem to like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd definitely be open to. Um, and this is the thing. A lot of times, um, the production of it all, like it's it's hard because like that means that we definitely not only the audio, but I think like the video aspect yeah. would be badass to expand on, and then we could do like the movie reviews. That'd be pretty pretty dope i do think that we have a a good uh a good understanding of the different genres and like what makes them badass um what a dream job though yeah it is it is actually i was watching the other day fuck i forgot the name of it maybe i have it in the history um this guy was like rating all the iconic like bad uh like the, the killers yeah in, or the the bad guys in in, in uh, like horror movies, it was a uh, Cody Leach, and like he had some shit. Like it, it was crazy because like I didn't agree with some like Ghostface is not even like so I so he was ranking them how like it what, what was like the so so the ranking system was like let me see if I can but uh, like ranking them like as who was the best iconic or, uh, forgettable so like if I can find like the little chart. It was it was badass because like he had like a whole list, so like, Freddy, um, Freddy, uh, obviously the shape, obviously uh, or Michael Myers, um, Jason like th- there was one I did agree with Jason Voorhees was killer, which is like the second tier, the first tier is iconic, which I think is actually badass because like. Jason Voorhees was a copy of Michael Myers. Yeah. Oh, it worked, so let's, let's make another one. Yeah. And so I like that he did that. But Hannibal Lecter was on Killer instead of Iconic. I was like, damn, that has to be Iconic. That's yeah, Academy yeah. Award winning. Well. It's hard. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be controversial. This I think many would consider this a hot take. While I rock with the character of Hannibal Lecter, like I'm not saying like he's a good person or anything, but just like the writing <laughs> of, of of that character. He kills so good. <laughs> Silence is like we gotta have him on the show. <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs, uh Red Dragon. I feel like a big contributing factor to the greatness of those movies are the characters that he feeds off of give you an example give you an example red dragon and silence of the lambs they're considered good movies but hannibal is not considered that good of a movie when Jodie Foster is no longer playing Clarice, jo, uh, uh, was Ju- Julianne Moore. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's playing Clarice, and she didn't do nowhere near as a good job as Clarice as Jodie Foster. And then he had he was feeding off of Ed Norton in Red Dragon. 
I feel like iconic. <clears throat> I if somebody's an icon, if something's an is iconic, I feel like it can like stand alone. Yeah. So. So so in many ways, Jason Voorhees is more iconic. Yeah, it's like because like now, granted, doesn't mean those movies are good because like you got Jason in space, Jason in Manhattan, but like Jason as an entity can stand alone. Like, like if 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 Clarice isn't as complex as a character as she is, if I forgot honestly, uh, I forgot uh, Ed Norton's character's name in Red Dragon, but if he's not as complex as a character, and then. Not only that, not only that, think about the fact that Hannibal Lecter was played by somebody before Anthony Hopkins in Maneater. Yes. Yeah. The, I forgot. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. That. I forgot the guy's name, but that was, and, and that that's was not revered the way that Anthony Hopkins, so nope. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I feel like. I, I can see where that guy is coming from. With yeah. I don't know if that's the argument he made. Yeah, but, I don't. But that, I would. That's the argument I would make. Yeah, yeah. But then there. But was, again, again, that's this is what happened right there is why people think that we yeah, should have. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like the yeah, because 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 he had because like I didn't you, and you could testify I didn't everything I just said I didn't look anything up I didn't no have no no, no my not at all I just went off the top Th- this was on a whim I I slim shady that yeah, shit yeah <laughs> fucking uh, freestyle that shit yeah so so it goes from iconic killer. Bloody good, memorable enough, slash and a miss, and then rejects. He has Ghostface as bloody good, which is third tier. See, no, I, no that I don't agree but with. But see, this is the thing. His argument was solid. I don't agree either. But he was like saying, he's like, well, who, which, which Ghostface? Different Ghostface. Yeah, different. exactly. But which ones it, are but we? But doesn't that in and of itself make it iconic? That in so my ma- opinion, yes. So many people have taken that mantle. Yep. Oh God, it sounds like I'm glorifying a killer, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the world of of horror movies, I think if anything, that makes it because now it's like Ghostface is more of an idea than yep. a, an actual individual. Yes. And so I think I it's think iconic. That's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my opinion, it's iconic. But his arguments, I, I was like, damn. Okay, I could see why. Yeah. Uh, like, because uh, uh, Freddie, Freddie is iconic. In the I feel sense like of, he's looking at it more like pragmatic than yeah. than than looking at like the the spirit of it all. Yeah. So I mean, he had. I mean, he had a bunch of people. Like, he had Freddie in there, Michael Myers, Chucky, uh, Norman uh, Bates, which Norman Bates he, to him was iconic. Which obviously, like, like that movie is just iconic. Yeah. So I could see that, but like. He goes from and Norman face. Bates is iconic because I think that's the first time, at least that I know of, that you ever seen anything like so bizarre in a movie, yeah. like like the fact that it's just like this motherfucker is his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, it, yeah, yeah. That's I, a creepy ass movie. Like if you think about it, especially the time that came out, black and white. Like now you watch a movie like that, just because we're desensitized, is different, but. At that time, because when I watched it when I was young, I was like, even it was today unnerving. though, even today it's it's a still holds. It's a still a very well made movie. Yes, yeah. I, I was watching it recently with my mom, and uh, it was it was because she, 
I know about these movies because of her. Like, people would be like, oh, what kind of parent showed their child this? But, like, I always, like, enjoyed watching these movies growing up with my aunt. And, and recently, she had it on, and uh, we were watching it. And um, I was telling her, I was like, this is a very well-made movie. Like, you know, the more I, as I go, I, I don't read about cinema all the time, but I, I do consume a lot of content about cinema. And, like, the more you know... It's like you look at something and it's just like, wow, like this is like really well made. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because the other day uh, she had on um, Philadelphia yeah. with with Tom Hanks and uh, Denzel. And exactly. And what was wild is I didn't see, I didn't watch the whole movie. I've seen it before, but in, in this particular sitting, I didn't watch the whole movie. And there was a there was an angle, there's an angle that that uh, towards the end of the movie, it's like when Tom Hanks' character is like basically on his deathbed, and they and and the um, the shot that the director gets, yeah, of of Tom Hanks and Denzel, I instantly remembered i didn't even think about it at the time but i instantly remembered that the same guy that directed that movie directed silence of the lambs and i knew because of the shot yeah the type of shot and i and then i remember telling my mom i'm like if i'm not mistaken the guy the same guy that directs silent without looking it up or anything which I, i i try to do that like i try not to like like uh uh resort to the phone all the time i try to like like use my memory yeah and i was i told him if i'm not mistaken the same guy that directs silence of the lambs directed this and then later on i looked it up and sure enough i was yeah. like boom same same uh yeah idea now yeah. i was gonna tell you i actually was not gonna tell you about this on the podcast but since we're talking about movies because i watched it the other day have you ever seen the movie i don't know if i'm pronouncing it correctly Vivarium. Why does that sound familiar? It's with Jesse Eisenberg. Like, if you look it up, and then you might see the the poster. Let me see. Vivarium. Do you see it? Yes. So, so what's interesting about that is. I've always been I've always been pretty fascinated with and we're like we're getting into movies and like we have topics to cover, <laughs> but but I've always been I've always been fascinated with the Twilight Zone and I've always had an appreciation for movies that were able to to a capacity capture the feeling of Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. And I actually have a list on my phone of movies. Every time I come across a movie, and so like my top three of, of movies that capture the feeling of the Twilight Zone is The Machinist, Enemy, and Moon. Yeah. Oh, Moon too, yeah. Yeah, like those three <laughs> movies. Like So like if any, anybody out there that is a fan of the Twilight Zone <laughs> and you want to watch movies... That like capture the feeling. That that's 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 an episode. Literally, yeah. like we could literally do like a eight minute episode of five top five movies that remind you of the Twilight Zone. Exactly, and like, then we could just yeah. release that shit. And I would, while I like all of those movies better than Vibranium, I would add Vibranium to the list. Very interesting, and it's 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 a it's definitely like a critique on modern life <coughs> to a capacity. I don't want to spoil it. No. Um, 
Very bizarre, very unnerving. Oh. But I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed it. And it's funny because that's a movie where, like, if you look at the ratings, I think the audience trashed it. Yeah. But the critics liked it. But I definitely can see why because I do, see, like, you look at the, the, the technical aspect and it's like a very well, it's like a very, like, technically sound movie. Yeah. Even though there's things about the movie that look very cheap, but you learn... I guess this wouldn't be a spoiler. Like, it's it's on purpose though. Like that cheap mm. look that it has. It's yeah. it's it's, that, it's part of the cinematography. Yeah, idea. and it's part of the 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 premise of the movie. Okay. But yeah, but I I would recommend it, and it, it's like a good movie to watch with with people, um, because it, it's a movie that can like definitely like cause a conversation afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I felt similar, but this one didn't remind me of the Twilight Zone. But that shit had me. It wasn't my type of movie. Like I was like, oh, okay, I, I get what where he was going with this, but I don't quite understand his takes on on, on a lot of the stuff. Was Mother? Like, yeah, I, I didn't see that one. Yeah, like that shit was like that's with Jennifer Lawrence, right? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, like like it wasn't. I would say that it wasn't my cup, but like it did a good job of like making me like the fuck, what the. F- Huh? And then and then you're looking and then then you start seeing some of the elements of it or like real like kind of like b- biblical. Oh. And then like there's like it's like what was like, it makes you think like what was going on in this man's head? Like what was what was it was like an art house movie, but like it but like but it's a horror movie? I wouldn't even say it's a horror movie. I wouldn't say it's a horror movie. I I I don't know if it's a critique on I really don't, because there's a lot of shit that 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 that's a lot of themes that get like that that are that that are added on, and then it's like like fame, like mm. like the the bad stuff about fame. But then then there's the like the Cain and Abel references, and then mm. the Bible, and then Jesus references, and then mother. Her, uh, Jennifer Lawrence being kind of like if she's like Mother Nature almost, mm. like Javier Bardem maybe is like God, and mm. the, and then like the shit that's going, it's like, it's crazy. You'd have to see it. I see. I I I do think it's worth a watch, but I wouldn't say that I'd buy the movie. But I was like, this is wild as fuck. Like, what went on in this man's head? Not Twilight Zone ish, but definitely interesting, and definitely not what the trailer shows because the trailer made it seem like it was a horror movie. I, I don't think it was a horror movie. Interesting. Yeah. But it was definitely a very weird movie. I'll mm-hmm. say that. But but in a way, interesting. Uh, I don't think it's dude's best work because he's the one who did a... Uh, what was it? Uh, man, I can't remember the movie. Oh, Requiem for a Dream. Oh. And and then uh, he made another movie too that was kind of big after Requiem for a Dream. That was his, his, his best... Uh, I think Arlansky or... If, oh, Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Yeah, the, he made Whale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was like his his take. Uh, yeah, American Beauty. Yep, American Beauty. He did. Uh, he did a few. Um, no, American Beauty. He did. Oh no no he didn't yeah, do American Beauty. Um, that was Sam uh, Mendes. Sa- Sam Mendes. Uh, no, he had a, he had besides Requiem for a Dream, he had another one. Uh, was it? 
the one that you mentioned or whale i know he did whale darren aronofsky he did whale with uh with uh brendan fraser yeah and then pie i remember pie uh, then th- there was other ones but but like he did whale he did he's on a few that they're not like huge movies but like they have their niche yeah yeah and and they get a lot of acclaim yeah, yeah. black swan was another one i think he yeah did. yeah he did do black so you know, I I, ne- I I heard that's like kind of Twilight Zone ish. That one, yeah. I, I I seen bits and pieces of it years ago, but I I never I never watched the whole thing. Yeah. But for guys that are out there that are into movies, they might consider taking a girl on a date to a movie. Yes. But <laughs> for guys that are dating and doing all of that, but now apparently, according to Think Before You Sleep. As we segue into the into the the actual segment, um, who knows if if that's an appropriate and I, I, I use appropriate with air quotations and being sarcastic because according to some women, the cheesecake factory isn't an appropriate place to take a girl on a first date. Now earlier we were handling some business and it was kind of that it sort of served as like a mini pre-production and I was telling you uh, about potentially covering this video and I asked of uh, about the original video that I'm sure almost everybody that's listening to this has seen because that video has been so viral and it's been covered to death like by everybody. Yeah. I think even like the the mainstream media has talked about that video. Yeah, they have. Um, and you said you hadn't seen it yet, and I understand why because I, I'm the same way. Like when I see stuff that it's like everybody's talking about, it, it's like I kind of get the gist of it, and it's just like yeah, I don't want no part of it. Yep. But when you started watching the Think Before You Sleep video and his commentary on it, right off the bat, like you had <coughs> some thoughts, and like what were you, what were your thoughts? If you're lucky, they. Didn't take you. To, uh, you're lucky that um, you got taken there because I wouldn't even taking you to McDonald's. And then the way she sounded, yeah, like oh, but I'm so beautiful. You're a five, maybe, maybe less, maybe less. So a lot of ego for somebody who first was late to to the to to when she was getting picked up because dude apparently had a reservation to another restaurant mm-hmm. she took long so he wasn't able to to reschedule and um and then like the cheesecake factory bro the cheesecake is amazing now that's you, my biggest thing about all of this which is so interesting it's so funny <laughs> my biggest thing about all this i don't give a fuck about the dude i don't give a fuck about the girl I don't give a fuck about these motherfuckers' commentary. I don't give a fuck if the, the TikTok is turning bitches into narcissists or sociopaths or psychopaths or giving them borderline personality disorder. I don't care about none of that. Where do these motherfuckers get off criticizing the cheesecake factory? I know. It's like, it's like, but you and I, we're fans of cheesecake. Yes. So it's like one of those things where it's just like, I, I could see, I could see, like, uh, like I, I mean, that would be kind of a funny sketch of, like, like recreating, recreating that situation, right? Yeah. That, 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 the, <laughs> the, 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 the scenario or a similar scenario. Yeah. And, like, 
the guy saying the most heinous things. Like, so the girl kicks it off by saying some heinous shit about the guy. Yeah. Like, oh, this cheap motherfucker. Like, we would have to, like, exaggerate it. This cheap motherfucker thinks, like, ladies, do you think this is right? But then the guy gets super greasy. Like, he takes it, like, way far beyond what an appropriate response or, like, yeah. a classy response would be. Like, oh, you stupid nothing ass bitch, this, this, and that. Like, uh... Uh, and then, and then, like, there's people like walking past the car, hearing all of this, right? Yeah. And then, like, a guy, and like, you're, they're just hearing like the most heinous shit. But then, the moment that a person hears the criticism of the Cheesecake Factory, that's when they have to voice that. Shit. Like, Hold on, now, <laughs> this has gone far enough. You all could say whatever you want to say about each other, but the Cheesecake Factory. And it's just like one of those things where it's just like, it's a cultural. first off, I don't know if like motherfuckers are rich or not, because like I've even seen a lot of guys that have commented on this and they're not saying that the girl is right. But basically what they're saying is like, well, the Cheesecake Factory is appropriate for a first date because of how cheap it is. And I'm like. Well, I don't know if like our motherfuckers are. Is everybody Elon Musk? Because, yeah. Because like I don't think I I, th I actually think they're overpriced when it comes to the food, cheesecake, priced just right. <laughs> right. But my point is, my point is, is like then what is like an appropriate? Like where are these people going? Yeah. That's like an appropriate restaurant, you know. And then you then you look at that and you be like, oh no wonder like everybody's fucking broke because they think like the cheesecake factory. Like yeah. I get it. It's a it's a chain restaurant. So if you want to criticize that, I guess yeah, whatever. But, but 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 no wonder why you mothers have credit card debt. Credit card debt is at an all time high. And yeah. like to me, that's sort of the element that I pick out of all of this. Yeah. Because I see like the status game that, that society plays that they must be playing because like there's all these people, guys and girls saying, oh, the cheesecake factory uh, for different reasons. It's like the guys that are in defense of the guy are saying the cheesecake factory would be appropriate for a first date because it's it's like a nothing ass restaurant or whatever. And no. then. The girls are saying it's not an appropriate for a first date because it's a nothing ass restaurant. And I'm over here like, well, this is why you motherfuckers are broke as fuck yeah. and credit card debt is at all time high because you all think that like would would be like, I would say a middle of the road restaurant yeah. is like a nothing ass. So yeah. like, what are y'all doing? What do you? Yeah. Like, and even though it's a middle of the road restaurant, like where I've been. It's always like in expensive places, like in Chicago. It's in downtown, and then it's in Orland Park. Now, if you check the real estate in both those areas, pretty goddamn high. Yeah. So, 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 where do you get off? Like, because I, 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 I'd like to one like like what well, you're saying, and what your critic says. I'd like to see where their finances are, where they're living. Are they are? Do you own like a beautiful home, or what happened here? And and. And uh, I guess maybe I have like a little Kanye moment right now, but I think it calls for it. I go and remember I sent you that that Pew Research calculator where like you put in, oh yeah, you yeah, put yeah. in your age, you put in your race, you put in what city. And I do that from time to time. Not something that I'm obsessed with. From but from time to time I do it because I think that like it's good to have an idea of where you stand. And for my age, where I'm at in life. 
my socioeconomic background. Because I, I could see a lot of people delegitimizing my argument right now by saying, oh, this motherfucker, like, he must be, like, a broke motherfucker. Yeah. But, like, well, according to statistics, it's far yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. And even me and people that I know that are doing better than me look at the Cheesecake Factory as, like, a good restaurant. Like, yeah. not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, to me, it starts to make me wonder, what is in the mindset and in the lifestyle of these people where they get off, like, criticizing this restaurant as if it's, like, some garbage-ass place? Yeah. And then, where are you people going regularly yeah. And how do you have the money to afford that? That, but then also think about that. Like, Starbucks is the norm now. Starbucks is $10 coffee, bro. Like, in hard economic times, what, what, you, you motherfuckers really are going to go buy Starbucks? Yeah. Like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then, in my opinion, like, that, not that's not the reason why I'm a Dunkin' guy. I like Dunkin' because, like, it's straight to the point, it's cheaper, and it wakes me the fuck up. Something that Starbucks, none of the three, it, like, it does. Now, I will say they have some uh, good-tasting lattes. Yeah, all right, cool, like, every now and again. But definitely not something that I, I personally, like, get all the time. Every now and again, I, I splurge on it. But, like, people people religiously go to that. Yeah. So you're paying $10 for coffee every morning. Yeah. This is, like, a, a thing that people don't understand, like, I, if it's that good to you, it's, it's that good. But but then, like like you said, then you wonder why people are where they're at. Yeah. Because they don't they don't they just spend. They just all right, cool. Yeah, this restaurant, that restaurant, this restaurant. Credit, 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 credit. Swipe that credit. All right, cool. We're good. Yeah. And it's like, well, th that that's not a, a, a way to live because then that's that starts spilling over into like major decision making right because they're like oh well every, everyone gets of this course. coffee and, that's, buys and, shoes. and i think you hit the nail right on the head no. if this is where you are are going for a dining experience and you're calling this like 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 if like treating it like it's garbage the guys and the girls cuz like if you notice like in the video from think before you sleep he sort of insinuated that that the cheesecake factory was like a like a garbage restaurant no. in the video and my thing is okay like i don't know his finances i i imagine like he's doing well but i'm talking about i'm talking generally about people so you think that the cheesecake restaurant is a garbage restaurant and so i don't know what your dining experience is but if your dining experience is typically like so much further elevated than the Cheesecake Factory, then how does the result in like what you're doing like in the rest of your lifestyle? Yeah. Who's paying for it? Are you keeping up with the Joneses? And then that's where it's interesting because that's where the the title of his video comes in. Is like, well, he changed the, the title because originally when I watched that video. He, it said how it's uh, TikTok is turning women into sociopaths, but now he changed it into how women, uh, because of TikTok, are becoming narcissistic. Yeah. Um. It makes you wonder, though, like, and we kind of touched on this in pre-production, <clears throat> is there a centralized source 
of information or a, cent a centralized place of information where people are getting these ideas from. Yeah, TikTok. And it, yeah, it's interesting. Well, 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 people, I don't know. For sure, <coughs> uh, women, TikTok is like the go-to for advice. Now, a lot of men send TikTok videos, but it's never like... Okay, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but... And maybe the maybe the men like aren't like seeking this advice or this information from TikTok, but for a woman to act the way that woman did in that video, think that she was justified in publicizing what shouldn't be anything more than like a small talk in the car, publicizing yeah. it to like however many TikTok followers she has, for her to think that she's justified in behaving like that. That has to show that there's a segment of men out there that are adhering to this crazy shit. They're like, they're giving into it. That and also like probably um, women, women. So it kind of goes back to to like those dating apps and like the, the options that the women have. Sometimes what the woman doesn't realize is, yes, she's being taken out by like a guy that's pretty successful, doing pretty well. Doesn't really have any worries. But he just wants to bang you, though. And goodbye now. And that's it. You you weren't really a 10. You weren't a 9. You were an 8. You weren't even a 5. You might have just been a 4. And dude was just like, fuck it. I don't care. It is what it is. And uh, that's kind of a cheap... <laughs> You've cheapened yourself. Yeah. As a person. Which is fine. It is what it is. Like... It, Whatever whatever decision you make, it's up to you whether you're cool with it or you're not. But her ego is elevated. Yeah. As it, as if she has had better, as if she, you know, um, has been taken to better places, like you said. Like if she's experienced way nicer things. And that's fine and dandy, but, but like partly that is men's fault. Yeah, and yeah, because like, like it only gets to that place because there are certain men that are 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 adhering to this. Yeah, but then you look at another layer to this because this 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 goes deep. The OnlyFans culture, which is like all these regular ass thoughts, like they have these fan bases, and so um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a big circle of like how to handle yourself. And 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 having kind of some sort of metric on like what what you're down for and what you're not down for, like before I had been catfished, um, and so I was like, well, this is fucked up, you know, I'm not gonna be an asshole, and and then this is another thing. I went to Portillo's, <laughs> I took the, I took the chick to Portillo's, and so I was like, well, no, I'm hungry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this uh, burger. I'm going to pretend to receive a call, and I'm just gonna take my ass home. And and I did that. Uh -huh. And the girl kind of felt fucked up because she messaged me later. She's like, "Oh, uh, I can't believe like, bitch, you catfished me." Right there, I set a boundary. You lie about yeah. your pictures, and and then and then and then you get mad about that shit. I will pay no attention to that. And it is what it is.
But a lot of people, like a lot of guys, they're okay with like the lowest common denominator. So you're saying there was there's guys out there that would have like put up with that. Yeah, yeah, put up with that, or 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 said all these sweet nothings. Like nah, like there are certain things that are not cool, and like there's a lot of stuff that's not cool that women do, which is fine. Do it by all by all means. But as a man, have your have your moral code on certain shit. No, I will not. No, I will not deal with this. No, I will not deal with that. Uh, you know, I could probably hit, but probably not. Like, if you're a single dude, like it is what it is, right? We've all been there. We've all been been out here. Um, we've all had our moments, but but like, I think that setting kind of a metric and a boundary to 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 things when it comes to dating as men, um, it better serves you because like. You don't have another thing too. Like, that's why there's a, a community like MGTOW because like men are like, you know what, fuck, fuck women. Yeah. Well, that and that kind of is a good segue into the yeah. next topic. Or not but, fuck women, but fuck dating rather. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good segue into the the next topic because there was an article put out uh, where by a, a mainstream outlet where it's it basically highlights. A bunch of men that are like, all right, well, I'm di- I'm dropping out of like the dating market and yeah. stuff like that. And we've touched on this here and there, but I guess it's like it's good to revisit the topic because you see what this guy went through. Like, imagine that, like you're you're taking a girl out for the first time, whatever, and, and like next thing you know, you're being recorded because of the place that you chose to go to. Yeah. And yeah, you see why a lot of men are like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm good, I'm out, like, I, I don't wanna, yeah. I don't wanna partake in this nonsense. Yeah. I don't even be embarrassed. Like, I'd be all right, cool, record. Uh, that's why you don't take fives to the cheesecake factory. Yeah, right there, you've been memed. Go ahead, put that on. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't care. Like, you're a five. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you think if you're a 10. Yeah. I don't care. And so when when you when you are like when you set your own standards and stuff, you really don't give a fuck what Jonah Hill thinks about your th- I never asked him. Yeah. If I ask him for his honest opinion, then I might care because I asked him. Yeah. But we don't I don't live my life by fucking Elon Musk's metric or John's metric or Carl's metric. Or, you know, Jenny's metric. Like, I live, like, I have my own thoughts. And so, when I respect you as a person and as my peer, and I ask you something, that's probably because I want to be better off. But otherwise, like, I take you on a date. You're just a regular-ass chick living a regular-ass life because I don't know you. So, if you have a problem with that, that's fine. And and so, to me, that's what the the sad part is. A lot of guys, it's like that, that, I mean... It makes them feel bad, but it's because more and more things are kind of becoming, like you said, women are becoming narcissistic. Yeah. So if a guy isn't really like... Well, that's what Think Before You Sleep said. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just putting out the... Yeah, yeah, the, vi- the video, the video, the title of the video. If that is the case, it's going to be hard. Some guys might not be so lucky. Some guys might not have a way that they could speak or, or have game or... Or might not be a looker or whatever, and and then at that point that does affect because it's like 
at least if someone's batting three, you know, like two something, right? Oh, all right, well, those are good numbers. But if someone's like not even, it's a swing and a miss every time, it does probably do something to your psyche. Yeah. And so then at that point, probably men are thinking like, well, this is like, uh, this, there is no end to this game. Like, I'm just going to always lose. Yeah. So, so I'd rather just bow out. And, and I understand that. I think where, where men are messing up, though, is that when they decide to bow out, it's like it's introverted instead of extroverted. And what I mean by that is, like, I get, like, if that's, like, a game that you don't want to play because it's a game that I don't want to play. Like, no. And for me, it's because there's so many, like, other things important in life that it, it's kind of, like... For instance, like you look at like like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like you have like the physiological. And I think like in this country, like most people have that. It's just like, all right, you know, you need clean water, air, just the stuff that you need to to, to live like day to day. Yeah. And then after that, you have like the so what is it? It's it's oh, it's a uh, physiological, then it's security. So that's like, all right, you have your house, you have shelter, you know. Then after that, there's the belonging. So that's where, like, all right, like, the family. Now, I think where a lot of people, I feel like, and you tell me what you think about this. This is, this is my thesis. Is like, I feel like where you see a lot of people in this country where they're struggling with is that, like, belonging part. It's like... You got like a bunch of guys trying to date and then if they don't date, like they, if they check out of the market, they rather than like get with friends or like do stuff or whatever, it's like it becomes introverted. Well, I'm going to just stay at home and play games and whatever, whatever. And women, I think, I think they find belonging with their friends because we have talked about this before where women seem, at least in today's society, on a surface level, they seem to like value their friendships more than men do. Like, like you see more women doing things with their friends. Like, if you look on social media and stuff like that, yeah. they they make it. It's like more of a point to like go and do stuff with their friends and stuff. But there's always that little inkling of, you know, that shit is kind of phony because the minute that one of those chicks get us a boyfriend, they're gonna like leave their friends and shit like yeah, that. It's yeah. always like. There's always like a phoniness to it. To yeah. I'm not saying with all women. I think there are women that are out there that are like gen that generally are genuine friends. friends with each other. Yeah. But I think generally speaking, there's always there's always like this this like there's like a little bit of this phoniness attached to it. Yeah. So I feel like with a lot of guys, they're not getting that sense of belonging because when things don't work out, they they just resort to like just kind of like being by themselves and sort of becoming like shut-ins or introverts or whatever. Yeah. And then with women, they don't get the sense of belonging because I feel like deep down they know that like if push comes to shove, these bitches aren't going to be able to protect you. They yeah. have their own problems. So it's like if you're in a bind, like they're not going to be able to help you because they got their own shit going on. And then on top of that, you're getting fed all this shit from social media that like men are this, men are that, men need to do this. He ain't doing it, so I'm not rocking with him. So like there's there it's like they're in this um this sort of like plateaued yeah. when it comes to that. And then what's interesting is 
above so we had physiological we had safety and then we were in belonging and i feel like that's where a lot of people are stuck but then i feel like guys like us that were blessed enough to have like a, a good parents to, to have good friendships friendships that like we were just at, at something for one of our friends that that we've known for years since since elementary school yeah not a lot of men are able to say that not a lot of men are able to say that and what's interesting is like the belonging part is no longer an issue and so then what ends up happening is like now you're in the esteem level so then it's just like I feel like that esteem level where it's just like I care about status, respect, upward mobility, everything like that, you tend to see not a lot of people in that place. Yeah. And then above that is the self-actualization. And so I feel like, at least me, I've been able to compartmentalize it's like I have I have my family, I have my close friends, there's people that care about me. And I don't it's like there's so much more to accomplish in the esteem level and the self-actualization level that yeah. it's just like I'm not gonna like sit in this pool for too long. And I feel like what what we see in society is a bunch of people sitting in this pool. Cause like if you notice, there's like all these people talking about it, all these people. And it's just like, and like that type of stuff, because one thing I I have talked to you about, and I continue to believe that it's going to be the dichotomy that's going to shape our society going forward. That whole like red pill versus trad kind. Oh thing. Yeah, yeah. But that's sort of different than what we're talking about here. And yes. There's there's elements to it, but it's different in the sense that it's different in the sense that like so much time are so many people are spending so much time on something so trivial. Yeah. Like imagine we're in 2023 and we're discussing you not you and I because we're discussing it from a very like philosophical yeah. psychological perspective. What I mean is we're in 2023 and like the conversation is is the cheesecake factory appropriate for a first date? Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Like yeah. but then when you see but because you see so many people that it's such an important thing, it's like how are you motherfuckers ever gonna find belonging and conquer that stage yeah. of Maslow's hierarchy of needs when you can't even get past something so simple? It could have easily been like, hey, you know what? Like I don't really like the cheesecake factory, but since you put effort in, we'll go, you know, I'll just get a tea or a salad. But next time, like, if, can we go, like, somewhere else? And it's like, oh, all right, cool. I, I can't imagine any guy <laughs> that's not a complete psycho that would, like, have a problem with that. Not at all. You know, but but here we are talking about this thing. And, and the belonging it leads part. us to, a, a, a like, a bigger arc of importance. Yeah, but, but but the belonging part is, you're right, is, it's like the, is you're stuck on that chapter. This is why, like, and in this chapter, if you don't do well at that, a lot of... Mm, partly envy and partly um, what's the word yeah like envy jealousy if you don't have that if you don't have that sense of belonging for example earlier today we were talking about the, the Nashville shooter the manifesto was aimed at white men. Christian whites. Yeah. Christian whites. 
whatever emptiness you feel, you feel a certain like uh, way about these particular people because right. you don't feel like you belong. Right. Exactly. And so this is a like an issue. Like this it is creates, actually it creates this like this this outward hatred. Yeah. Outward hatred, and resentment right. towards another group because of people. Th- that's a stage of the hierarchy of needs that you're not you're not meeting. You're yeah. not. You know what I'm saying. So like, how are you going to get to esteem? You know what I'm saying. If now, granted, I'm not saying that it's always a perfect triangle, a perfect pyramid. Where, you know, I feel like there are some people that like focus more on self actualization. But like, don't pay their bills. It's so you, yeah. It's not always like that cut and dry. But my the 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 point that I'm making is that if we're talking generally of the way that it's supposed to go, how are you getting there? If you can't even you can't even work. And granted, I, there's a lot of people out there that have mental illness and everything, and I'm sure like that can get in their way and whatnot. But Rather than you seeking that, like you're choosing to hate. Yeah. And that is sort of a more extreme example of what's going on with this whole Cheesecake Factory thing is like, rather than, okay, this person, like they brought me here. Maybe this guy thinks, well, I don't know. Did you see that whole Think Before You Sleep video? Yeah, I did. And did you see Not that, all of that, it, but yeah. that, that other interview that they did with the guy where... I didn't get to that part, uh, no. So there was another interview that this guy, like, I saw that. He sought them out. He got them to sit down. And and what was revealed in that second interview, well, in really the first interview, because the, the the first video wasn't an interview, but was, what was revealed in that second video, the first interview, was that... The dude, he actually like had an affinity for the Cheesecake Factory because he was like, yeah, well, this is a place that that like I always went to like with, with my parents and stuff like that. So he's like, to me, yeah. this is like a good place with good memories. Yeah. Now, granted, the fucking think before you sleeps, cuck ass. He went on to say, oh, dude, that's like taking a girl to Chuck E. Cheese because you think like you had good memories there. It's like it's totally different. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. But but that's what I'm saying. Like that, like the think before you see. Like he, like any little time he can like criticize the dude. He made sure he got his criticism in. Even though what I thought in that particular instance, the guy said something very genuine. Like yeah, yeah I went there, and it's not like going to Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. moron. It's two totally different things. I take it. I would take a chick to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> It should be epic. (laughs) Like if if I felt a a, a good enough dynamic and one where like we had a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. But I I think that's like uh, you wouldn't go on a first date, though. Yeah. (laughs) 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 No, I would. I would not think of that. Maybe a first date if like we joked about it and I was like, oh, yeah. And and then like I surprised a girl, but like it would be. Like kind of more funny, thing. Yeah, yeah, a funny thing, and there's like, no, yeah. we're gonna go here. But uh, but yeah, so it's just is is interesting. Like you know, I think the premise of the video was good. I th- I had a lot of the points I think before you sleep made. I didn't like a- agree with, um, but uh, it-, it was just interesting. And then that correlates with the information of like why so many men are just kind of like deciding to back out of the whole thing. Yeah. So let's go into the final topic of the episode of us. So previously we talked about 
we talked about the Snow White trailer. Yes. And uh, we talked about the quality, like what we thought it would be and everything like that. And then the Critical Drinker, somebody that we both have a respect for his film reviews, he had to sit down with Ben Shapiro to talk about that movie. But then oh. the interview kind of went into like a more broad subject matter of like Hollywood, culture, Disney, yeah. and everything like that. I'm glad he did a sit-down interview. Yeah. thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was a nice touch. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised with Ben Shapiro's mindset mm-hmm. yeah. on, on, on the culture of movie making and Hollywood and the direction that it's going. And it's funny, and that kind of shows like the balance that we have because... As of late, I feel like I've criticized Ben Shapiro a lot. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But it, but this is like a different capacity of. But you gotta understand too, like we criticize amongst friends each other at times with certain certain things that we say. Like we'll have full on debates. Yeah, ah, now you're out of you're out of your mind, and like, but that I think that that when you're honest with the person, yeah. You know, like that's badass. Like you're you're able to have uncomfortable conversations, or not not uncomfortable. I don't feel any conversation uncomfortable, but in the sense of like being real, keeping it real, being able to disagree. Yeah, like I don't feel like I don't have any animosity towards Ben Shapiro. I just think he's been on some fuckery with certain subjects. Yeah, but I mean, everybody has their own thoughts. I mean, we feel like that about. Elon Musk at times. We feel like that about Joe Rogan at times. We feel like that about Candace Owens at times. Uh, Crowder. Whose side did we take when it came to the Crowder Ben Shapiro side? Ben Shapiro side? Yeah. Uh, I still, you know, li- li- watch Crowder. Matter of fact, Crowder just fucking did the. He was the one who that broke the story. The, uh, for the yeah. Nashville shooter manifesto. Exactly. Right? So, so we're, we give people their, their, their respects, but at the same time, it's like you're not free from critique either, you yeah. know? So, like, if I would have been the, the drinker, I'd have been like, yeah, but you also did say the departed sucked. So, like, yeah. pretty trash opinion. Yeah. I'm just saying, I would have told him that. Yeah. Like, I just keep it real with you. Like, that's it's one of the biggest mishaps that's the wildest shit. yeah <laughs> like the fact that he talks shit about the deposit like, oh, hell no and so sometimes he critiques movies and i'm just like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about ben stick to politics yeah which in that interview you realize like um who is it uh jeremy, jeremy boring yeah jeremy boring is more into the hollywood scene that he's yeah. always been into that and ben shapiro was more into the political stuff yeah so i was like, okay well this makes sense but you still see that shapiro has the good, right mindset for movie make like creating the platform for good movie making like a producer like he would not necessarily be the one to make the movie and i wouldn't want him directing or like i wouldn't want the final decisions to come down to his choice but he understands the market, and I, I one thing that I I found pretty interesting about about his his insight is how basically Hollywood has sort of surrendered certain territory when it came when it has come to movie making, like cop movies, cop procedurals, westerns, 
I thought he was on point. It's like, yeah, you know what? Like, you do have a point with that. They do seem like they want to stay away from that. And like those, that's like market territory where people like those types of movies. Oh, yeah. Very much. Very much. And Westerns are amazing. And, and so his mentality is like, yeah, if you don't want it, like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, you know, and no. that's very, that's a very good way of looking at it. And it does make you wonder another four or five years of of the way that Hollywood has been going. Like, what are we going to see? Well, that was very telling of what his criticism of, of, of Disney is like, they can't keep doing this and the market will, will the prices of, of production will lessen yeah. just because of streaming and all these flops and just the way the market is now. You know, you're you're overpaying to make movies. There does seem to be in Hollywood, for the most part, creative bankruptcy. Though it's like they they don't know what to do. You and I, we had a phone conversation recently, where I was telling you about the the Variety article in which, I if I'm not mistaken, the the title of the article is is and this is mainstream left leftist media yeah. saying this about Disney Marvel uh, <coughs> uh, the subsidiary of Disney Marvel where basically I, I think the the article is titled uh, is uh, not is it's just uh, uh, saying Marvel is fucked oh yeah and it is. In in all of that, you know, they go they go through the examples that we've talked about before, the flops, this and that, and how the a reporter was uh, invited to the Marvel the retreat where you know the filmmakers, bunch of cast and crew people, you know, creatives, they go to talk about uh, these things, and like they it, the sentiment of it has always been sort of a very confident, at times even cocky aura. And how this time it was like very somber and like, it's like, damn, like what's going to happen? People are uncertain and stuff like that. And then what's wild to me is in that article, it's revealed how basically Blade right now is being shelved. And you and I, we were talking on the phone. I was like, that right there shows you how creatively bankrupt these people are. Yes, I feel like right now, if I'm Marvel... If I'm Disney and I don't know what to do, the one character that can probably lead us out of this darkness is Blade. Why? You already have Mahershala Ali playing Blade. No. That's an Oscar-winning actor that signed on a sinking ship. Obviously, he signed on before the shrimp was sinking, but he's on this sinking ship. No. You do not shove this character. And he's Blade. You find the best writer. You do the character justice. And not only that, you have the potential to make so much money and a, and a, and have a budget that's so much smaller than the rest of your movies. Why? Because Blade, you could do that, a Blade movie, yeah. without practical effects. Yeah. You do not need any special effects in that movie at all. Practical. Got, yeah. You could do the whole movie practical, practical stunts. Practical blood, practical action, choreographed everything. The Batman and the Joker made good money. Were successes. They weren't all the. They weren't nowhere near CGI'd out like Marvel movies. Yeah. Or like the Flash. 
for that matter, which also flopped when it comes to Warner Bros. But like when it was a grounded movie, whether it be a detective story or a story of a man losing his goddamn mind and with good writing and good directing, it makes you money. The Joker broke records. You could do that with Blade. And you're right. Like, and you don't need crazy ass CGI. It's Blade, bro. You don't need any CGI. Yes. Why do you, what would you need CGI for? For really nothing. Cause I look at the Daredevil show. When the fuck did you see CGI? And like, you could make something grounded like the Daredevil with Blade, with a little bit, you know, higher budget, obviously. But you can make something good, good acting, like you said. All you have to do is focus. So yeah, that is morally uh, that that is uh, creatively bankrupt because right there you have a you have something that was proven to be a success before, and now that you've had as a big corporation, Disney. You've had Indiana Jones, three hundred million down the drain. Every Disney movie fails now because you you're not you're not really creating anything. You're just redoing stuff and making it woke. And then all of Marvel is failing, but it's all these like fantastical alien motherfuckers. Like one of the the Ant Man movie was the fucking Spy Kids movie, basically. Like the fucking the whole CGI shit. That's all like. All these special effects and these high production uh, costs—that's why. That's why it's somber. So we'll go back to the basics. Yeah, you go back to the basics. If you go into the ring and treat the character with respect. Yeah, you, what they're doing is like they got knocked the fuck out, and now they've lost like three fights. And so, what? Well, what am I doing wrong? Well, yeah, you forgot like that. The, there is basics to this shit. You thought that you were too good. Yeah. And then you went in thinking like you have the the, the strongest chin and you could do whatever you want. And you got beat the fuck up multiple times. Probably <laughs> go back to the basics. Jab this that like what what are we doing here? And so, what other character than that character right there? So you have that. The. The, with Spider-Man, you know you have something that just succeeded greatly. You have that in the back burner. Okay, cool. But that's not theirs, though. That's that, Sony's. Th- yeah, yeah, and that's another thing, too. Yeah, that's not originally they theirs. They don't get the money from that. That's yeah, Sony. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah, and even then, yeah. <laughs> so, so even, like, their best option is, is really a Sony character. Yeah. So you're right. But with uh, oh, and then you have X-Men. Like, you could restart everything. You have, like, you just got to go back to, you got to realize super crazy fancy shit. Nobody gives a fuck. They want compelling characters. They want compelling bad guys. They want good stories. And lay off the woke shit. Like, the market is telling you what you need. What better way than to start with, and and now they own Deadpool, don't they? Yeah. So you have Blade. You have Deadpool. You have X-Men. You could, uh, I would with X Men, like you, it's a little bit more, it's crazier, right? But, but like you still have characters that, that, that have never failed. Like they, they, that's a long franchise that I don't think has had like maybe X3 was like people were like, oh, it's not that great. And it probably still made money, right? Yeah. X3, people didn't rock with, um, uh, the two after Days of Future Past, oh, yeah. Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. People didn't. Yeah, Dark Phoenix, Apocalypse. Uh, I think made money. Dark Phoenix, I don't think made yeah, that nah. much money. But overall, 
like a pretty good library of of characters that you've built that like you could now that you could restart it you can stick to like the the true characters not not trying to change things how you get to that is like get your standalone blade movie um from there all right this is a success all right cool what can we do creatively after that yeah and and and, but like it's like they're too good now for that they're above it yeah they're they're above it so so they're looking at it from like this is this is always has to be a spectacle yeah and then also spectacle is failing yeah yeah the spectacle is failed like the spectacle died really with endgame that's when the spectacle died because even you even saw where they were going with Endgame, certain little sprinklings of the fucking aura of all this woke shit and, yeah. and, and, and like unamusing and like trite characters. Like this is this is all the same. Yeah, it all literally is the same. Like I don't. So you have to start over, but because they're beyond that, like they think they're above it, it's hard for them. That's why it's gonna be somber. See, 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 and, and and that's when you know, like the execs and all the people that that are behind the scenes, they just think they're they're that hot shit. You need like new people. You need people that are excited and you people need, that care about the character. Yeah, and so so that's why you get like a, a Ben Shapiro making these movies. They're excited to make Snow White. They're not not only are they excited to make Snow White, they're excited that now the the Disney Snow White is gonna potentially it well. Yeah, it's from what Ben Shapiro said. It's gonna compete. Yeah, and that's wild. Well, like the the notion yeah. of a company like the Daily Wire putting yeah. out a movie to compete with a Disney classic. Yeah, wild. Not only that, but like so so Disney, they're like, "Fuck, she's not working. Let's let's uh um move production and a release date later." And so Ben's like, no, we'll also wait. And then when they release it, we're definitely going to face off with them. Yeah. So, like, he's embracing yeah. going against a powerhouse. That's some, If that's not David versus Goliath, I don't know what is. Like, yeah. that, that's badass. Because- Imagine, now, I don't think this will happen. I don't think society, culture is there yet. But imagine the hypothetical of the, the Daily Wire Snow White beating... Oh. Imagine, like, it's just... I think, like, every news outlet would talk about that. They have to. Hell yeah. And and I think that even if... if uh, Let's say... Let's say... Uh, ben, uh, the the Daily Wire's Snow White makes one-third of what, what the, the, the real Snow White does, right? You've won. Because your production value is so low compared to Disney that, like... This is still like a major win. Yeah, you lost by decision, but you still showed like I I can compete. Yeah. With less. <laughs> What's up, bitch? And so that That's that like the outcome of the first Rocky movie. Yeah, exactly. Like that 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 only strengthens them, which I think is like amazing because it's it's good for Hollywood to have like the competitors because as they grow and they start building their catalog, that's going to have to change the market. Because everyone's going to be like, oh, shit. Well, people are actually going to see this. You know? That was what was so amazing about Sounds of Freedom. Yeah. What was amazing about Sounds of Freedom is that shit was the summer blockbuster, like, by far. You're telling me a movie about child trafficking 
was a summer blockbuster? What is that telling you? Yeah. What is that telling you? So, so and nobody talked about it, but somehow it made all this money and yeah. it was like a hit. You know, I, I still a, haven't seen it, bro. It was a good ass movie. Like, yeah. yeah, I was, I was impressed. Like, it, and it's sad. It, it's a sad movie, but it, but like they did a they did a, a a good job. Like I told you, like the tone of it was Sicario, but you could just tell it's it's on a. You know, it doesn't have the budget of Sicario. Yeah. You know, but but like the the tone of it. They they did a good job with the tone and but that's an independent movie, that was the that was the block. But like, if I'm if I'm the Daily Wire, I'm excited when I see that shit. I'm like, damn, yeah. Who made that? I need to work with these motherfuckers. Like, we need to make movies with those people. Like, yeah. and, and so that that's all you're doing is you're like slowly creating another competitor. Absolutely, just like Rumble. Just like the Daily Wire, I don't know. I don't know the 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 production for for the Sounds of Freedom. Um, I know that they're their own production company, mm-hmm. though. I don't. I don't remember the name, though. But like right there, they have a market, and and I think they just did a documentary that's that's uh that they just released. It's I think it's like After Death or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's it's like a documentary talking about like what happens to you after death, mm-hmm. and that shit's doing its rounds. I don't know if it's making money or not, but. Like you know, they're they're doing their thing, and and this they're they're releasing this stuff. Another thing too, and we talked about this a few uh, episodes ago, the fact that everyone wants to go straight to streaming, you know, like that's also bringing some people into the realm of like something that was supposed to be obscure is now succeeding, like the Five Nights at Freddy's thing that they have like their own little thing that had a, a run. Uh, very good box office numbers, and that's like, it's like a video game with like these killer, fucking like Chuck E. A- Cheese like type. And yeah, I don't know about it because yeah. I never got into it. I don't know about it either, but like, I I've seen like pictures and shit. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that that's doing better than The Exorcist, that's the wild. Beginnings yeah. and you know like that's a horror movie that's doing better, and it's not even like a house. It's like it's kind of an original thing. Mm. Um, I haven't watched it, so I don't know if it's good. But what I'm saying is, like, there still is opportunities in the market to be original and and, and to to go, like go back to the basics. I'm sure like their budget wasn't nowhere near like what the people for the Exorcist was, you know. Right. But like they're the ones that are making the money. You go yeah. back to Get Out. You like you you could you could, if you go just go back to having the skill to tell a story. Yeah. And and some decent budget, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It does help us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.